Roger's voice was there again, niggling in my brain. Stupid woman, he said. We're not the kind of people who do this sort of a thing. According to Roger, we were not the kind of people who went on adventure holidays. Where on earth would we want to pay to be uncomfortable, he said. We were not the kind of people who gardened, as in his view, a nice lawn was so much easier to manage. We didn't go to the theatre, daylight robbery, according to Roger, or art galleries, overpriced rubbish, or invited anyone to supper unless it was advantageous to his business. Neither, as it turned out, were we the kind of people who had children, though he never did explain why not. He simply put his foot down. Roger died a year ago. He died in a car crash on the M5 along with his 25-year-old mistress, who was also his secretary. I hate being the third part of a cliché, but the infidelity was a side issue. The issue, I realised as I collected his ashes from the undertakers on a grey August afternoon, was that I had become the kind of sour, thwarted woman who frantically cleans the house and bitches about her neighbours. Just look at me now, Roger, I said, as I refixed the blister plasters on the soles of my feet and repacked my rucksack ready for the next day. It was 18 miles from Bury Down to Nuffield Common, and I took it slowly. I kept an eye out for the other hikers, but didn't see them. I guess they were walking faster than me and might even make the end at Ivinghoe Beacon the following day. It was when I sat down at the top of one of the climbs to eat my sandwiches that I saw it. A piece of white paper stuck under a stone, the edges flapping slightly in the breeze. It was fresh and unstained. It could not have been there long. I carefully lifted the stone and drew out the paper. I read... You only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. It was handwritten. It was an apt message, but I didn't think it was intended for me. The rest of the afternoon I kept an eye out for other slips of paper. I found five in all. Perhaps there had been some earlier on my journey, but I'd missed them. Now that I knew what to look for, they weren't hard to find... One was folded and tucked into a split in a tree trunk not far from a picnic bench. Another was tacked to a wooden bridle path sign, which meant this was not just a spur-of-the-moment thing. Someone had brought along a hammer. My favourites were Be Happy and Just Wash Everything at 30 Degrees. I read every one, then refolded and replaced them carefully where I'd found them. I caught up with the man and the boy the following day on the path above Chinner. They'd taken a morning out to explore somewhere that was important to them, they said. Otherwise, our paths would never have crossed. They were crouched down on the ground, fiddling with the foot of a picnic bench. I shouted, Hello! to warn them of my approach, and they both leapt up. Hello. The man's smile was warm. We saw you with the kites, didn't we? The boy was about eleven. He looked very like the man. He had the same dark hair and eyes, father and son, I guessed. 
I avoided glancing at the slip of white paper under the foot of the bench. That was their business. Weren't they fantastic? And did you see the white horse at Uffington? I smiled at his eagerness. I had seen the white horse, its slender chalk form carved out of the hillside 2,000 years earlier. I did, I said. And I liked seeing the towers of Didcot Power Station too. Did you notice how they seemed to move with you? They laughed, more than the slightly silly remark deserved, and then lifted their rucksacks ready to go. I hesitated, wondering if I should pretend to need a rest so that they could walk on without me. Roger had not found me a good company. I did not want to inflict mine on them. Do you want to join us for a while? The invitation was carefully expressed. My company would be nice, but perhaps not for too long.' 